You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 43. As we predicted, the New York Rangers laid an egg against the Minnesota Wild. We have a lot to discuss as the trade deadline uh, is coming soon. And there's just a lot of action, I feel like, around the league that uh, Andy and I, we need to talk about. But um, first, I got to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good. I actually had a funny thing happen to me today. Um, On after work, I went to go run some errands and pick some things up and um, I happen to be on 14th Street in Manhattan and I said you know what uh, I need some more guitar strings and guitar picks as I am known to pluck a guitar here and there so I go inside and I'm shopping around for strings um, when all of a sudden I, out of the corner of my eye I feel something very strange like the mood shifts um, as a gentleman with a baseball cap and a long uh, like car coat, pea coat walks in and everyone knows the weather was uh, a wintry mix today. So, you know, so I'm just like, Oh, that's interesting. It just felt, felt weird. And I looked over and who it was, it was the King. He was, uh, he was there to apparently pick up a guitar. So I didn't say, I didn't say hi to Hank. I just want to let him do his thing. I'm also not one of those people that wants to like interact. I don't really care about interacting with, um, either celebrities or or rangers or whatever but uh obviously it was cool just to see henrik lunk was standing like five feet away from me as he was going to pick some a guitar up so i was like oh that's wild so uh yeah pretty cool i i did maybe for a second there i was like should i give him a little like hey how you doing hank but i was like you know what i'm just gonna let the guy be uh he's retired now i'm gonna let him be a normal new yorker and just you know just do go about his business so but it was very it was cool to see him, and uh, yeah, it just kind of shows what uh, you know. This is the smallest big city in the in the world, right? Well, well, that's a pleasant surprise. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I feel like in that setting, it's almost fine if you just kind of said like, "Hey," but anything more than that, it's like, ah, it's you're you're pushing, you're yeah, pushing you, a lot. You know what it is? Is that especially like. You know, obviously, uh, playing the guitar is a hobby of his. And 
I think it, and if anything, I would say it's an escape. And I just, you know, I just felt, you know what, this is probably a place where, or a setting where he gets to come in and escape from, I don't know, I guess he's not, now he's retired, maybe he doesn't have to deal with it so much, but it's just kind of something that's not hockey and the added pressure of that. And just, you know, so, you know, whatever, I think he enjoys just being able to, he had a baseball cap on. So I don't know if that was um, code the, for don't bother me. Yeah. You know, it's usual as celebrities are, are waiting to do, but it was also a wintry mix outside. So it might've been just to protect that magnificent hair from, you know, a, a, a sleet and a slurry coming down. Um, but no, I just, you know, I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to let him do his thing. And, you know, he was in and out very quickly. So I think he was just picking up a, a guitar. He was probably having them work on, um, you know, why Hank is not using no offense to the, the fine people at guitar center, but uh, unless he's got a really great hook up there, um, there's plenty of other more reputable places you can go to do that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he probably just is close by and goes there all the time. So um, yeah, I've actually heard he frequents that one a lot on 14th street that, you know, he'll go in and just try some guitars and try some amps and stuff. So, you know, just interesting little anecdote is pretty, pretty cool. That was uh, my only Rangers related, uh, thing that happened to me today so thought i'd bring it up yeah well i mean it, it's a uh it's probably the only positive ranger thing that you've uh come across today because once again the rangers fell to the minnesota wild five to two so it's doom and gloom all over twitter i i think though it's healthy that we lost it's healthy i think we lost in the way we did and i think it uh this loss brings about some serious questions that kind of need to be answered by Gallant, right? Uh, there's certain players, I think, on this roster that have a question mark on them. And eventually, you know, with time, like all things, we will find the answer to those questions. But uh, until then, I think it leaves for speculation and, you know, worry that, you know, what are we going to look like come, you know, the playoff stretch and the actual playoffs? So I guess... Uh, Andy, uh, you know, I know we've had kind of this conversation uh, before, um, but, you know, before we get into all the trade trade talk and, and just, you know, personnel, I do want to get your your opinion of the loss. Maybe you don't have to, you know, analyze the X's and O's, but, you know, I, I thought it was a, a healthy loss and acceptable and we kind of can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, I mean. Listen, uh, Georgiev was rusty and and the team in front of him did very little to help him uh, or protect him. Um, and that you got the result you got. I mean, listen, at one point they were down two, they tied it up, but then they just. Uh, as, what like they've done a few times this season, they they tie up or they got a good feeling and they just kind of fall asleep there and they give up a quick one. And then the game is just then falls out of hand. Um. Yeah, just Minnesota was on their game. They were coming off of, I forget how many, you know, they were in a little bit of a losing slump, a losing streak. Um, I think they had lost four in a row or something like that, or or something like that, you know, or, they, and I, or maybe they lost five, one, you know, four in regulation, one in overtime or something. Some, they were in a losing slump. And of course, they, you know, what better way to break it than against the New York Rangers um, not having to play Shesterkin. Um you know, so yeah, I mean, listen, this team's not going to win all the time or every game, even though they've won a lot this year, thanks to the Igor's brilliance. But um, yeah, you needed to play, get Georgiev in there 
Um, but and even afterwards, Georgiev said, listen, it's hard to it's hard to get in a rhythm when you're not playing. Um, he didn't you know, he didn't like make too many excuses or anything. And Gallant said, like, listen, you know, it's I feel for the kid, but, you know, he he'll own up to his performance and, you know, it's a hard thing to do. But, you know, um, but I will say this. The only thing about that game is Gallant at times putting Reeves on the top line with Kreider and Zabanajad. I just don't like and he's saying it's a it's a size thing or a matchup thing or a big bodies. It's just it's just classic and a you know old school coach big brain stuff that is just doesn't really matter. Like you know you're not going to score a goal with Reeves up there. Like I just don't. That's the type of stuff I don't get. I think you know I I love everything Gallant's done for this team, but you know I think in that sense he is still a little bit of a dinosaur in terms of uh, really maybe overemphasizing the impact of, or at least in a key moments, like it's one thing to, if you to have a tone setter, which is great, but tone centers don't usually uh, score. You come from behind goals. You know what I mean? So, you know, or at least a fourth line tone setter, like Ryan, Ryan Reeves. And I love Revo, but I'm just, you know, it's just, you know, at Lafreniere and he said, you know, it wasn't nothing to laugh. He did wrong. I told him this is not your fault. I just want to, it's a matchup thing, but you know, I don't know. It's just it just seems like a, a galaxy brain thing that just didn't need to happen. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I totally get it. I mean, at that point, though, I feel like there are certain things that he probably has a feel for the game and he might think that, you know, this game might be a little out of reach. So I'm just going to shake things up crazy on the bench to kind of maybe, you know, jolt these guys and try to get something out of them that you know, I, I wasn't seeing previously. So I can't always blame him for everything that he's done. I mean, given the record, it's hard to say that, you know, he's out of line with some of the coaching decisions. Uh, you weren't, you're never going to agree with a hundred percent of every, anyone's, you know, coaching decisions, let alone Gerard Gallant with given the roster that he's given. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to throw in my two cents about uh, Georgie. Number one, Listen, it, it it is clear that Georgie is a different goalie when he's playing a stretch of hockey and not playing once every five games. It is important for him to get as many games as possible. I know people may be like, well, we're in a race to maybe win the division. We're in a race to maybe uh, solidify home ice advantage in the playoffs. I honestly don't care about that. I think this this team... And these boys are going to be ready no matter where they're playing, who they're playing. And, you know, I think Gallant will have them prepared. I think it's more important down the stretch to keep a healthy balance of playing Igor and playing Georgie. And if you're serious about trading Georgie, whether it be now or in the offseason, I think it's really, you know, I, I think it's privy to just keep a healthy rotation. And I'm not saying every other game. But, you know, Georgie should not be playing or, you know, uh, Igor should not be playing more than three games in a row from here on out. I, I know that might sound a little crazy, but, you know, Georgie also is capable of playing two games in a row. Like, I honestly, I throw him right back out there and let him have a redemption game, like give him that opportunity. He deserves it. He steps up when Igor is down uh, and, you know, he helped carry the load. And he certainly deserves that opportunity. And I don't think it's fair. And I think you owe it to him to start him another one. And 
I think it also sends a little bit of a message to be like, you know what? You played like shit in front of them. Here's an opportunity to write the ship. Here's one to go out there and do it, you know, for Georgie. He deserves that. So um, I think there's different elements to that. And that's one coaching decision that I know he likes to ride the hot hand. But for me, is I think it's important to have a healthier balance. Uh, this league is just trending more and more towards a 1A one, one and 1B. And then you have your one for the uh, playoffs. You know, this team, I think, will be more successful down the line if they have a healthy balance with goaltending. Uh, number two, Andy, the, f- the second thing I want to get into is uh, our fourth line, right? We we kind of have it. No Rooney obviously doesn't help us really because as much as, you know, I don't think Rooney is the answer to all the world's problems here for this team. I do think that having his presence and just being able to consistently play fourth line, third line minutes is is important. Right, he's an established NHL player. He is what he is. Um, you know, having you know players like Gettinger and and Brzezinski and and that's great too. Um, but I came across Twitter and someone made a really good point. It's like, what is Morgan Barron? Right, you know, it's one thing to have Gettinger brought up for a game, Brzezinski brought up for a game, but what is Morgan Barron? Right, he he's been with us more than I think everyone else. Um, you know, what's more important for his development? Playing. 10 minutes a night and getting scratched multiple games and not really always being in the lineup. Or if you could play 18 to 22 minutes a night, you know, for Hartford and just keep developing and growing. So I really wanted to ask you, Andy, you know, with Morgan Barron, you know, obviously is a, you know, a hot prospect for this team or was, um, you know, what do you think the future lies for Morgan Barron? And what do you think, um, you know, Gallant and Drury should do? with, you know, his playing time and, you know, and what team he's playing for. Yeah, you know, I, I was, when he got called up, I thought I was excited because he would get more of a chance, but it seemed, you know, obviously he played a little bit with some of the injuries that the Rangers had, or, or you know, 20 games ago, but he just hasn't been in the lineup, and I don't know if that's an, a, just Gallant not trusting him yet, or just he's not showing him something he needs, because I, I, everything I've seen from Morgan Barron, he seems to play a pretty safe and heavy game and wins face-offs but you know he's not listen he's not lighting the world on fire that's for sure and I think organizationally they see him as probably just a fourth line center but I mean I don't know there could be some a little bit higher upside there I mean third line max but um yeah I don't know if they just see him as a fourth liner I think they're just content to let him practice with the big club and slot in if someone has a bad game or too egregious game where there's injuries or something so um yeah i'm just confused as to what they're like what the probably just like you james is like what's the goal here um do you think he is what he is so he doesn't need any further seasoning so you're just content to kind of let him hang around that's the other thing it's just so it's amazing how many extra fourth liners this team this team has fourth liners coming out of its ears right now it's just um clearly something that needs to be addressed you know because you could say what you will about dryden hunt and you know listen i you know i love guys like hunt reeves rooney and hell even mckeg and baron but they're they're all fourth liners and this team is their bottom six is comprised of you know you know you have you have have hunt playing with panarin and strome and uh (laughs) 
at times Goudreau gets moved up, which I understand. He's and he's played well. You can't really can't fault Barkley Goudreau at all. He's been good for the Rangers this year. He's definitely he's uh, outproduced uh, Blake Coleman, which is I didn't think would happen, but you know. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, there's just there's so many bodies down there. I just I just don't know what the what what's going on here, what they're doing here, you know. But again, we kind of spoke about it a few podcasts ago that Gallant's thing is he just loves this. He lives in, I guess, in his head. He just loves this idea of just having all of these bodies that can just play, keep puck in front of you, hockey, and it doesn't matter what they are, who they are, or what they are, that they'll win games that way. So I don't know if it's a it's a symptom of that. No matter what happens to the team, they're comfortable because they're just used to guys slotting in and out. No matter what, we lose a player, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We I got I got a guy who can play. <laughs> you know, I got a guy making league minimum who I can just put there. It's all good. So, um. Yeah, I don't, that's yeah. another thing too. You you brought up the uh, Panarin line uh, with Strom and Hunt. Listen, I know there's injuries. I know Kako is out. I know Sammy Blay is out. You know, I know there needs to be a little bit more of a balance. But you know, everyone keeps questioning. You know, what's the deal with Panarin? You know, and it's like honestly, he's fine on the power play. Five on five. I mean, what's the motivation really for him? Like, what magic is he going to work? Like, there's only so much he can do out there with, you know, if Strom's not playing to the best of his ability and then he's stuck with Hunt, it's like, yeah, I mean, he can dump the puck in and Hunt will go get it or he can make a pass that Hunt might not be ready for. Like, the situational hockey and, like, the the mindset of uh, an Artemi Panarin is totally changed when you throw a guy who's a fourth line. Like, you're essentially putting him on a line with, uh, a center that is either really hot or really cold and you know right now he's just kind of you don't know really know what you know Strom is yeah he scored some some goals for us but we all know that there's a, a better version of Strom out there that I think is frustrating fans and then you have Hunt who we all know he's just a really hard-working kid that you know it will hustle the pucks not you know not afraid to throw his body around and kind of like a spark plug and that's great you know if you need them for a game or two but this can't be the long term you know uh, or five game span he can't be playing second line minutes it's like what are we doing here you're just kind of neutralizing you know the best player on your team and it's just it's kind of a sad state of affair that we're in right now that you know Galan is is ho-hum about it and listen are we winning hockey games yeah so it's Again, tough to criticize, but also at the, you know, it's 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 not, you know, it's not unfair to ask the question, you know, Gallant, is this sustainable, you know, for the rest of the season, obviously, or up till the trade deadline or whenever you make a move. Um, so I have to ask you, Andy. Number one, is this sustainable? And number two, when when do you? Because I know it's not. Number two, yeah, when do we expect the change? I guess the trade deadline. You know, yeah. is Kako coming back soon? Yeah, I mean, that's probably what's going to take, right? Kako being healthy and ready to slot in to push a guy like Hunt down. And uh, and then, obviously, if, if whatever moves end up getting being made at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, that's probably like, that's def- just what it's going to take. But again, until we get there, um, it's not. And that's to say there's not, like you said, right there now, there's not really a lot of good... Um, I understand, like, there's not really, like, I understand why he doesn't want Goudreau with Panarin and Strom. 
because Goudreau has been moderately productive this season and the bottom six has been not at all. So if you take that, you know, you need someone in your bottom six to score a, a greasy goal here and there, you know, every now and then. So that's what Barkley Goodrow is for. And you can just plug him anywhere, obviously, if you need to, if he's like one of the only guys that has jumped. But um, yeah, right now it's kind of just making the best out of a bad situation. And again, who knows? Maybe if we did have Sammy Blay in the lineup this season, we would probably have a, it would kind of help to have things have slotted up this far. You know, they, maybe there wouldn't be as many headaches. Who knows? Maybe Blay would be playing with Mika and Kreider right now instead of Lafreniere. It's hard to know, but um, I mean, that's what it's going to take is just Chris Drury adding to this team at the deadline. And he's going to add because, you know, you don't, you can't squander the opportunity that uh, Igor has put them in. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I think it's just best of a bad situation. And I mean, regardless how you feel about it, we can, as Ranger fans, we can, yeah, we can just, scream you know at the top of our lungs till the cows come home but you know i mean they've made the best of a bad situation and hopefully it pays dividends in terms of going forward for the next few seasons the mentality of this team when they are a better team that they won't skip beats when they're missing personnel or guys are hurt or key guys are out because it's like next man up you know so uh you you hope that the, the right now it's having a better impact on the culture than it is on the on ice product if that makes sense the nhl season has been packed with dirty dangles hat tricks and big wins as the action rolls on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has your shot to win big two new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win that's right a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just think, you know, I've never seen a team that is has been as good as their New York Rangers that need so much. And like you, you have such a big question mark on what they actually are. Like there should not be like we legit could change out the bottom six and completely. And I feel like I don't know if the team would really honestly change that much. Like, I know we have a bunch of guys that work hard and buy into the system. But honestly, if you took out the bottom six and replaced them all with new players, you know, character guys, I I honestly don't think you'd get that much of a different result. I mean, it's not like they produce anything. So if anything, maybe it actually changes more like is an improvement. So but who knows? Um. Yeah, at the bottom six, it's exhausting to even think about, yet to even talk about. So um, I kind of want to move on here, Andy. I, I have one more b- big topic um, that I really want to discuss, and that's this narrative now that's popping up over, you know, it's, it started with a couple of the comments that Galan, made about, Galan has made about, you know, playing time for our defensemen. And a part of me believes it, but a part of me also thinks a little overblown. But do you do you see 
you know, Truba, Fox, you know, Lindgren and, you know, even Miller, are they exhausted? Like, are they tired? Is that, is that like a real thing? Um, you know, I know Fox has had some bad shifts and some bad games, but I mean, he continues to put up points and he stays, you know, I think he's still top three in the NHL for defensemen and points. So I'm just, you know, honestly, Andy, I'm just confused. Is this like a real thing or is this just, uh, what people are saying because of Gallant's, you know, you know, uh, opportunity to play seven defensemen. He does, uh, you know, he's definitely adjusting some of the minutes but you know I want to hear your thoughts on all this yeah I mean obviously Fox is, hasn't looked as magical as he looked all of last season and then in the beginning of this season so there's obviously been speculation that he might be hurt uh I mean I will say this maybe he's got nagging injuries maybe he doesn't Lindegren has had a, had a rough season by his own standards he's definitely not been as reliable a partner for Fox this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, when it comes to Truba and Keandre, I think you're seeing the results of Keandre still being developing where you're going to see, you'll have uh, peaks and valleys of, of brilliance and also kind of head scratchers. And I, yeah, I think Truba's the same way. He's always kind of been that way. He's just, he's either really stout and on top of his game or he's just kind of, you know, in a little slump, but, you know, I think it's I think the Rangers and Rangers fans definitely have gotten used to some they they kind of get uh used to consistency. I mean, whether you're getting consistent elite goaltending from Henrik Lundqvist and now Igor Shesterkin, um, you know, Adam Fox, this is the first stretch where he's looked like a mere mortal. But Artemi Panarin since he signed with the Rangers has been they're far and away their best player. And now he's finally in a kind of a middle of a slump, but still leads the team in points. Adam Fox still third in, in defenseman scoring. Um, yeah, I just think hockey is, it's hard to be consistent in hockey and you're not going to some play, you know, players have special seasons. They say that for a reason because it's hard to be consistent. You know, Patrick line has really found his confidence in his game right now, but you know, outside of having a phenomenal rookie year where he just, you know, torched the NHL with his goal scoring. You know, he took a he took a couple seasons off there. And obviously you hope it's not that, but it's just one of those things that sometimes guys are gonna have up and down seasons. And who knows? It might be a different reason for him. Maybe Panarin's like, you know what, we're in the playoffs, so I'm saving my the juice in the tank for then, you know, if he feels like there's very little chance of this team missing. Um yeah, I just think it's you have guys having inconsistent seasons and they're going to have peaks and valleys throughout the a long season, especially as the schedule gets more compact here. But um, yeah, you just hope that they save enough that come the playoffs, if the Rangers knock on wood should make it into said playoffs, that they have enough reserves in the tank to, uh, you know, to compete with other, other teams, you know what I mean? So maybe who knows, maybe it's a pace thing, but uh, yeah, as far as, you know, I, and again, like Gallant, I can't really say he plays favorites because he one night a guy won't will get a lot of ice time and the next another guy he just kind of he's a gut guy he's a big gut guy big gut guy as you kind of said before it's just the feeling out the game and he's like this guy looks good to me tonight so I'm gonna give him you know more ice time that's just kind of the coach he is and how he operates and sometimes that's why you get the results you get sometimes you're like oh Keandre Miller 
played had the most ice time, you know, or, you know, whatever, or Panarin or or Strom some nights. It's just I think it's just who he feels is going, you know, so. Well, well, I listen, I mean, the guy has coached a very good hockey team for the, you know, if you look at the big picture, the entire season he's made. You know, uh, he's turned this team and this organization around. I certainly have full confidence in Gallant um, down the stretch. Um, the one thing I do feel like is imperative, though, you know, I do really want the Rangers to concentrate on building a team for the playoffs. And obviously the trade deadline's coming up, and there are certain assets that the Rangers will be looking to acquire. And um, we all see the names that are being thrown around out there. You know, we all have our opinion on those. But I, I want to ask you, Andy, you know, looking at this team right now, and um, let's just say Rooney's healthy, Kako's healthy. Um, you know, everyone, for the most part, is pretty much healthy. I don't know what they would do to start the playoffs. Uh, I would imagine Schneider would play, and I'm not sure what the deal is with Jones, but I almost feel like more comfortable with Jones than Nemeth, but we'll see. I mean, I can certainly change my mind on that if Nemeth plays a better, you know, better game. The one question I said I wanted to ask Andy is, what do you think the Rangers, what asset should the Rangers acquire at the deadline? Let's forget about player. Let's just talk about an at like, what's the main asset that you want out of the player that, you know, the Rangers acquire? Oh man, I guess, I guess I would say, uh, it's, it's definitely tough because this team concedes the most shots off the rush. I think of any team in the NHL and you see it, they just always collapse and let teams step up. I don't know if that's a system thing or a coaching thing. Um, I, I think you, need some sort of presence in the neutral zone that can break up plays and then drive uh, offense the other way. And it doesn't have to be as lethal a score as uh, Kreider or Mika Zibanejad or Strom or Panarin, but they have to be able to score so they get some tertiary scoring out of them. So I don't know, whatever you want to call that, a middle six two-way player, maybe, you know, it's probably the most, that would probably have the biggest impact just when you know the on like when the first line isn't out there and when Panarin Strom maybe aren't feeling it just having another presence in the middle six that can hem teams in their own end and and drive chances you know so I think that's probably the biggest thing they need they all they also do should need a bottom pairing uh defenseman to slot in next to Schneider no offense to Nemeth he's been fine but if they can upgrade that position that'd probably be um that would probably be ideal. So those are probably the two things they need the most. Um, and if you'll excuse me, my dog wants to be let into the office. So James, you talk while I let my dog in. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I definitely would have to agree with you. And, you know, I definitely think the Rangers could use uh, a goal scorer, you know, a, a guy, you know, that can play the right wing. There's just a little inconsistency there for this, this team. And I'm not talking about, you know, the bottom six. I'm really talking about, you know, the top two lines. You know, what do you really have out of Lafreniere come playoff time? You know, what are you really going to have out of Kako come playoff time? Is Kako, are you confident with Kako being, you know, a, a second line right winger on the Panarin line? You know, these are the questions that I think management really has to look into. And, um, you know, whether that be a rental or a player that you're going to, you think can get with term. I think those are two different, you know, scenarios, right? 
I think, you know, for the most part, I would say I would be more comfortable with a rental on the right side. But if you got a guy that you think is going to sign with you long term, you know, maybe like a hurdle, I, I would maybe even go for a center, right? And kind of upgrade the Strom position and, you know, trade Strom over the offseason. So I think there's different, you know, scenarios. And I think it's different depending on the type of player that you're trading for. Um, defensive wise, uh, defenseman wise. Uh, yeah, obviously there can be an upgrade there. Will they do it? I just think, you know, uh, you know, I'm hopping on uh, cat friendly here. I'm looking at the defenseman and you have Nemeth signed for three freaking seasons at two and a half million. And now, like, what do you even do with that contract? And, you know, it wouldn't be as bad, but you have Trouba making eight and you're going to have Fox making 9.5 next year. Thank God Schneider, you know, is his first year of his ELC and Keandre's is also next year will be his last year of his ELC. Thank God you have those two. And, and, you know, you have Hayek, you know, who will be a restricted free agent next year. You know, he'll probably be traded. You know, I would imagine a deadline if someone was interested in a younger defenseman that could uh, hop in and maybe be a seven defenseman on a hockey team. I don't know. But, you know, I, uh, yeah, Andy, I, I just think, you know, if you, I don't know if you heard what I said, but, you know, obviously depending if you're getting a rental or a player with long term, I think that's two different positions and two different, you know, uh, assets, you know, I think, you know, we can always get stronger down the middle. If you're looking for a rental, I would rent something on the right hand side because you would hope that, you know, if Lafayette keeps growing, he's going to stay on that first line. And if Kako keeps growing, you know, he'll, you know, be on the second line. So again, just, uh, you know, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Me, yeah. Me neither. And again, it's, it's tough because I think we can understand that this is a team that's ahead of schedule considering the, the their relative age of most of their players um, being one of the younger teams in the league. So you don't necessarily, so common sense kind of tells you, you probably should take a more measured approach and maybe just upgrade positions that can, you can have for the next few seasons. But, at the same time, I guess it depends how do, how do they feel about Shostarkin and what he can do in a in a playoff series, and does that mean with his play right now? Is there a part of them that says you know what, or, or pressure from the ownership, as we all know here in New York, can be quite a hell of a thing. <laughs> um, um, yeah, is there pressure to to internal pressure to to make a bigger splash? I mean. You know, I'm surprised we haven't heard more Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers rumblings, but um, yeah, I just, you know, I I, I do think uh, Tomas Hurdle is a realistic target for this team, and I think he would be in, probably the best player they could get for what they need. Um, you Even if you want to roll a 1-2-3 with Zabanajad, Hurdle, and Strom, or if you want to put... Uh, you know, Strom on the wing and have Hurdle in between uh, Panarin and, and uh, Strom, or, you know, or I don't know, or put him on Mika's and Kreider's wing. It's just, you have options there. It kind of pushes guys down. It just takes a lot of the weight off. So, um, but yeah, I, it's kind of hard because the cap crunch is coming eventually. And uh, you have to know that they're going to have to shed weight eventually. So 
you see what happens to Strom over the summer. In the offseason, you see if how much longer is Jacob Truba or Chris Kreider going to be on this team. Um, especially, I think, if they maybe they see Kreider, it'd be hard to replace what he's bringing to this team right now. But Truba, obviously, he's been excellent, but maybe they look at Braden Schneider and say, you know what, this is the Braden, this is the Jacob Truba of the future. So he makes Truba a little bit more his loss a little bit, you know, more expendable. So, um, yeah, it's a, they have a lot of tough decisions to make. I definitely don't envy uh, Chris Drury in what trying to decide how to go forward because there will be ramifications, you know, cap ramifications going into the next few seasons that might hamstring you. So he better be confident in what he's doing. So that's all I that's all I know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And this is where, you know, it'll get interesting over the next couple seasons because the New York Rangers have a ton of guys that you know, you hope turn into all-stars and, you know, if there's a silver lining of all of this, and I know we've mentioned this plenty of times, but, you know, maybe the slow growth of Lafreniere and Kako could be the best thing to ever happen to this organization. And I'm serious when I say that it's because, you know, could you imagine if those two guys were putting up, you know, 75, 80 points and just, you know, ripping up the NHL immediately, you know, we'd be in hell right now. We wouldn't even know what to do. Like, you knew you would know that you won't be able to keep both of them and they both won't be signing, you know, uh, friendly contracts down the line, you know, bridge deals until they, you know, really fully develop. So I, I think overall, the Rangers are in an OK spot, you know, long term. I do think obviously they need to move maybe a Jacob Truba. I don't know how they're going to do that or how they'd set it up. But, you know, I, I it's the only option, you know, they have too many guys making too much money. So this is exactly why I didn't want to keep Chris Kreider and everybody's going to be like, well, you know, look at him. He's scoring 35 goals. That's great. But, you know, I, I honestly, if you tell me right now that Kreider has 15 goals all next year, wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's got to prove that he can be consistent and do this year in and year out to make that contract worth it. Uh, you know, don't forget people. He's not just signed for one year. He signed all the way until I think 26, 27. So, you know, everyone needs to pump the brakes on, you know, how great Chris Kreider is because he's done this one year when he should have been doing this, you know, most of his career. And here he is at the age of 30. You know, we got him for six years. You know, we're one, two, three, four, five more years. He's going to be 35. Is he going to be as fast? Is he going to be as strong? You know? I know he plays a game that's in front of the net, so there's not a ton of movement. But, you know, it's you slow down when you get to those, you know, uh, early 30s. Trust me, I know. I am 34 years old. Uh, so, Andy, do you have anything else? No, I mean, you know, I feel every week we're just constantly, there's been, it's a tight, the Chris Drury runs a tight ship. Um, very little information gets out. You know, you hear, oh, the Rangers are interested in the Sherrod or this guy or Hurdle or kick the tires in this or, you know, this team's ever are asking for Braden Schneider or whatever. But uh, I just want something to happen. I mean, you know, we thought uh, with the Toffoli trade, we thought, here we go, floodgates, and it just hasn't been the case. We're still, everyone's, it, and it always happens like this. They're just waiting for the first domino to fall. Um, and they're everyone, all GMs are playing chicken. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're waiting for players to set the market price so they can react accordingly. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of GMs have their, their jobs on the line right now. So I understand why, um, 
but yeah, it's just, yeah, I just want something to happen. I'm just getting a little stir crazy here, but, uh, the Rangers are, have a tough one. Um, you're listening to this on Thursday morning. They play the St. Louis blues tonight. St. Louis is also in the midst of a pretty bad slump. I think what they've lost like five or six games. They, they got swept in the tri-state area. They lost the Rangers. They lost the Islanders. They lost the devils. Buchnevich is out. Uh, Buchnevich is out, although he might be back for tomorrow. I'm not sure, but, um, if it's he's just, back for tomorrow, concussions don't exist because yeah. you can't be very bad today and then be okay to play tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would. I assume he's going to miss it, but, um, but yeah, there's a team that's in a slump, so they're going to come out hard to break the slump, much like Minnesota did. So, uh, you have to wonder if that's a talking point for Galan in the locker room, and you know, say, hey, listen, this is a team that's looking for, a, and especially after what Ryan O'Reilly said, like they were. We think we're we're just a better team, a flat out better team than the New York Rangers. So, uh, you gotta if you're the Rangers, you have to have some personal pride and shove it up his hoop a little bit. You know what I mean? So, hopefully they don't uh, they come out with some fire and whether it's Igor Annette or Georgiev, who they don't seem to want to play play for, uh, um, they have to they have to bring it. So, let's hope uh, let's hope they bring it because uh, yeah, I think uh, St. Louis is look yeah they're looking to get their pound of flesh out of all this. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.